I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to another edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast. I believe this is the 60th uh, episode of the Pucks with Hags podcast. Thank you for uh, following along and listening. Uh, I'm Joe Haggerty. You can find my work at joehaggerty.substack.com. Uh, join up for a premium membership. Get all your, the NHL and Bruins stuff that I write sent straight directly to your inbox from the Substack newsletter. I also write for the Boston Sports Journal uh, after every Bruins game, you can find my column either that night or the next morning. I'll also have some stuff this week with the Bruins uh, on their bye. Uh, I've got a tag team with me this week. We've got three, uh, a third man in. This should be fun. Uh, friend and colleague Mick Collagio, uh, friend and colleague Mark Diver from the New England Hockey Journal. Um, and Mick, I always like to let you give your, your plug. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find your stuff? Okay, so the Rink Rep blog is um, my own now, and it's uh, no longer affiliated with the Standard Times. And it's uh, it's at rinkrapmc.com, and I link to it on X Twitter and on Facebook, and I pretty much do game blogs. And then I write a week Sunday column for bostonhockeynow.com, and, um, and I do those occasional issues for the hockey news on the Bruins articles, for, and the latest one we just worked on is Future Watch, so Prospects. So, and I guess, uh, Mark, you and Mick uh, spent some quality time with the Mooj uh, over the last week or two. Is that what I was hearing? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Always uh, always good to uh, check in with the uh, the wit and wisdom of Ryan Mujanel. Always. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, all right. Quickly, I just want to thank our sponsors, uh, uh, Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Delicious meals ready in two minutes. Uh dietitian approved chef made you throw them in the micro and and they're ready in two minutes great for people that are busy out there and nice healthy options also uh the super bowl is coming i don't know if you heard this or not but uh fanduel sportsbook is all about the super bowl uh, i can't wait to do the squares i can't wait to you know get ready for the game get hyped up see what taylor swift is doing 24 7 from now until the actual game is played uh we're going to be over the top with all that stuff and i'm sure FanDuel sportsbook is going to have some uh some uh taylor swift prop bets along with the player prop bets so uh if you want to get into uh FanDuel sportsbook with the super bowl not only can you bet on who will win the super bowl uh, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score touchdowns, how many points will be scored, so much more, including, I'm sure, all kinds of Taylor Swift stuff. So new new customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets your first with your first if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So that's $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Join. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and sign up. All right. Um 31 9 and 9 guys for the Boston Bruins uh at the bye week slash all-star break. Uh just uh want your thoughts on what we've seen of the Bruins to this point as a whole as we're in this break. 
uh, both by and all-star and the Bruins get like basically nine days off here. Um, your thoughts on the team to this point, Mark, uh, in a general sense, wh- where you think they're going, what you've thought in the first half and where we are right now. Well, I thought, I thought they'd be uh, in contention for maybe the last or second to last playoff spot, you know, yep. like some other some others said the same thing, but here we are. It's been amazing. Uh, you know, it started out with goaltending, carrying them. And, you know, since then we've had continued good goaltending, but guys like Charlie Coyle and, you know, stepping up, uh, Pavel Zak has been good. Uh, you know, it's a surprise, a pleasant surprise. Is it a team that's built for a long playoff run? Well, I'm not so sure as currently constituted that, that that's the case, but we got a ways to go till the trade deadline and the end of the season. So we'll see what happens if, if there are any moves, uh, moves in store. Yeah. And, and part of the mitigating factor with all that, and it's, it puts the it Bruins in an interesting position. And we've talked about this a little bit is do, do I think that this team as constituted is ready for a two month uh, gauntlet in the playoffs? No, I, I don't. But I also look at the Eastern conference and say, it's pretty wide open. I, there is not a, a, clear-cut favorite and you know is it going to be a juggernaut in the east that makes it all the way to the end I don't know I mean I still think it's going to have to go through Florida when it's all said and done based on last year based on their personnel based on all that stuff Uh, but are they going to be as good as they were last year in the postseason I don't know it's going to be interesting to watch uh, all of that but I, I wonder how that or if that tempers or if that changes the Bruins approach at the trade deadline and tempts them to do something bigger than maybe they would have anticipated doing, or at least makes them think about it more. You know, I, I still don't know that they have the pieces to do that and all that stuff, but like, I, I I'm pretty similar in the boat with you where I'm very surprised where they are. Um, I thought they'd be a wild card team. The fact that they are where they are. And, and also the fact that in the Atlantic division, like the teams that I thought might make a move this year and really push have not done so. I mean, Detroit is within shouting distance of a playoff uh, spot, but uh, Buffalo hasn't done anything. Ottawa hasn't done anything. Uh, Montreal, obviously, is you know, in a similar spot to where they were last year. None of those teams have made a substantial move up, as far as I'm concerned. So it might be the same old, same old in, in the Atlantic division uh, when it gets to playoff time. Mick, your your thoughts on everything you've seen with the Bruins to this point, where they sit here at the bye week and the All-Star break? Um. I'm ple- I'm I'm amazed and pleased at the way this team has adjusted from being an ultra puck possession team to being able to play the harder hockey that be that that sort of toppled them over last year. Um, I feel like they got a better answer this year, a more blue collar approach to the game. Um, it's not as pretty. It's more gritty and grindy and along the sideboards up the ice. Um, the D are very activated. I wasn't really sure how that would work out when you consider that you don't have um, the run support to play so actively with your Ds. And But, but that has sustained and it's helped them. Um, is that a regular season formula that can, that can translate to the playoffs? Um, I think that they need more if they want to make that work in the playoffs. But 
Coyle's better in his position than I realized he would be. And I love Charlie yep. Coyle. So, I mean, he's been amazing. Yep. Um, puck possession, the way he hangs on. Zaka, not as good as I thought he would be in his position. And they actually moved him off the dot at one point in the season. Um, you know, other guys have really contributed. And I'm really glad that they've allowed uh, Geeky and Freddie to in in uh, to influence the way they play as a team. And I think that's really helped them. Um, this uh, log jam on defense is getting a little interesting. And, um, you know, but the, yeah, you're right. The goalies, without the goalies, none of this happens. So it's yep. been, it's been a, another stellar season validating what happened last year, but this time in reverse where we have a really good goalie and a great goalie. You know what's interesting though is um when they were 14-1 and 3 um in the second month of the season they got off that great start and I think they even admitted they probably weren't playing as well as their record indicated they had you know managed to pile up points and wins but they weren't a 14-1 and 3 team. I felt like at that point they were way more reliant on Lena Solmark and Jeremy Swayman to be brilliant every single night and to really carry them. And I still think the goaltending is the strength of this team, no doubt about it. Um, probably the biggest strength, but 12, two and three since the holiday break, since they got back from Christmas, they've been lights out and it hasn't been just the goaltending. Uh, no, you're right. They're actually 11, shooting teams. I'm 11, yes. them. They're that they're getting better. Like they're, yeah. they're a better team and they've consistently been a better team now for a month uh, than they were pre Christmas, 11 goals apiece for Pasternak and Marshan in 14 games in the month of January. Charlie Coyle has been a point-per-game player in the month of January. Uh, 10 assists and a plus 14 in 14 games for Hampus Lindholm, even though he had that one game way where, he, where he had the bad pinch and it cost them in the third period, and, and Monty was on him about it afterwards. Uh, he has been, I think, the most improved player in this past month from where he was in the first three months of the season. That's McAvoy, a plus 17 in January. Uh, yeah. He's been playing uh, at an excellent level, too. Five goals apiece from Frederick and Heinen this month. So, and six from DeBrus. So, you're getting the secondary scoring. That has elevated them to like averaging over four goals a game for like about a month, over a month now. Yeah. Uh, and they seem to be getting contributions from everybody. Mark, do you, is this, do you think what we've seen in January, the Bruins team we're going to see for the rest of the year, is this them playing at their best or is this kind of sustainable what we're seeing right now? That's a uh, that's a good question. Um, at some point, will they rest? Will they start resting guys? Uh, you know, they didn't do that last year, and uh, yep. they probably should have, right? Yep. Um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, guys like Danton Heinen, Matt Grizzly, can, can you count on them in the postseason to? to play the kind of, uh, you know, hard hit, just. Yeah. War. It's a war zone in the playoffs, right? That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Yep. Is Danton Heinen built for that? I, I say his record shows no. Can he, can he transform into build on the good season that he's having and be that in the playoffs? I'm not sure of that at all. Uh, you know, will Matt Grizzly get hurt? Um, <laughs> you know, there'll be an injury. Someone will get hurt, right? Here's my Vegas email on yeah. that one. <laughs> well, and 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 DeBrusque too. Is DeBrusque going to be there for you in, in the playoffs? Even though he's had some good postseasons before, 
can you count on him when when uh, the going gets really tough? Yeah, I'll the- really go back to being a perimeter player. Yeah, though I, I will say though the one guy I think I'm starting to see enough to say, all right, he's going to be there for them in the playoffs, and he's becoming a different kind of player for them uh, and a difference maker is Trent Frederick. You know, I think oh, yeah. he plays the style of game. I think the way that he's playing now, the confidence level yeah. that he's at, the way he can drive a line now, and they're mm-hmm. playing him at center because he is driving lines at times. Um, and he's making players better that he's playing with. I think you see all that stuff from him, and you're starting to see a guy that could be a factor in the playoffs, a bigger factor, uh, even when it when the playoffs, the style of play gets to that way. Yeah, I agree with that. Hopefully, that's uh, that's how it will play out. But he's uh, obviously having a tremendous uh, season and, and a great run lately. Um, and you, you you hope. You know, he's been a guy who hasn't always been consistent. Yep. He's had good stretches, bad stretches. He's in the middle of a good one, and, uh, you know, you hope it continues. But uh, but who knows? Well, that's too, because, because if you get into a playoff series and a team knows they're going to see Freddie for five or six or seven games, and they're thinking, hey, let's get this guy off his game. Let's get him in a fight. So let's get him – let's de-activate uh, him by – in distracting him and I think that's going to be a huge part for Frederick in the postseason is focusing on what he does well to help the team win hockey games and not get caught up I agree but I also don't want him to lose the bite from his game in the playoffs either I think the Bruins have way too many uh wait and see kind of players in the playoffs rather than guys that are just going to like take it to the other team and let dictate to them how things are on his terms it's a tricky balance between those two things, but I think yep. the Bruins need more players that have assertiveness in the playoffs instead of uh, yeah. to what the other teams are, are doing to them. So it's, it's the, you know, I agree hey, with you. If Freddie wants, comes to, with experience, if Freddie wants so. to blaze his own path, sure. Yeah. You yes. know, let him do, yes. but let him be it rather than having somebody who plays a lesser role on somebody else's team, like a fourth line five yeah. minute guy trying to get him into a fight to disrupt the the Bruins and, yeah, the, and Ryan, the Ryan Lombergs of the world. I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, Mick, I ask you the same question. I asked Mark uh, like all the numbers I reeled off from January and the way that they've played basically since they came back from Christmas, is this the Boston Bruins team that we're going to see the rest of the year? Do you think the way that they're playing right now is sustainable? I do provided they stay healthy because the way they're playing right now is a rugged, the most rugged game I've seen since Don Sweeney's been general manager. I mean, granted the personnel has been very gradually tweaked toward that. There have been other uh, failed attempts to, to do so uh, Nick Ritchie, uh, but you have, a team now that's come together and plays hard together and the best version of Danton Heinen I've ever seen. Um, But like Mark said, you know, and and as Jim Montgomery had said earlier in the season, every 10 game segment of the regular season gets a little bit more like the playoffs and, and will there be a threshold there that does affect uh, whether Matt Grizzly can stay healthy um, if he's in hard matchups or is, you know, if he's playing with McAvoy or is, uh, you know, Danton Heinen going to uh, do what he did last year in Pittsburgh, which is, I'm not sure. 
uh, and Jake DeBrusque. Uh, will he stay healthy if he's playing through the middle of the game? Will he try to do Bobby Ryan hockey? You know, so, um, you know, I think that that's, these are things that I, if I had the wheel and there were offers on the table for me to continue trending the Bruins toward toward the rugged toughness that demanded by the playoffs, that especially knowing that all these guys are on expiring contracts, I would I would be assertive about that. And if the bright returns were there uh, or an opportunity to get back in the draft, uh, you know, then then, yeah, I think I'm moving on things. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think they they could be tempted by that. Uh, there's no question. Um, all right, first half MVP uh, in your books uh, for I think David Pasternak is obviously a very easy choice given the numbers he's put up, given how important he's been offensively. He's going to be in the Hart Trophy conversation uh, at the end of the year as long as he stays healthy. Um, he's just having another you know 50 to 60 goal season. We'll have well over a hundred points is just off the charts offensively. Like Montgomery's playing him a ton. He's playing uh, over 20 minutes a lot uh, in these games. And he's being sort of like, there's a lot on his shoulders. Uh, and that's a concern to Mark's point about resting players. I think some of the heavy minutes that you're seeing players play in now in the middle of the season in the dog days, if it's not adjusted could, you know, could be a problem uh, having a full tank of gas come playoff time. But all that being said, my first half MVP is Charlie Coyle. Uh, we've mentioned him a little bit. He's on pace for his best offensive numbers. He's going to be in in a, a Bergeron-esque range as far as production goes. He's going to have, as long as it, it, he remains consistent in the second half, 25 to 30 goals, 60-plus points. Uh, he's well and above the, the most face-offs on the team. He's like over 800. He's got two 250 more face-offs than anybody else on the team. Kills penalties plays a, a vital role on the, on the power play in, in both situations, uh, has really become a number one center when uh, they had to have somebody step up into that position uh, with Bergeron and Krejci retiring. And he's kind of, and I wrote about this a little bit, he's kind of made, I think, um, the, the demand to have to go out to get an Elias Lindholm or some kind of number one center at the trade deadline. He's made that moot obsolete. You do not need to go out and trade for a player like that. When you have a guy like Charlie Coyle in the prime of his career, playing number one center to an incredibly effective degree. And he's really proven me wrong in a lot of ways, because I always thought he was kind of a third line center and that was going to be his lot in life in the NHL. And he's shown that when he, can develop some chemistry with Marshan playing with him for a while, can play a bigger role. He can do more offensively and he can dominate more consistently uh, in the offensive zone. Mick, your first half uh, MVP with me giving all, uh, all my bouquets of flowers to Charlie Coyle. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, wow, this sounds like such a cop out here, but between Swayman, McAvoy, um, and, and with McAvoy's spotty first half of the season, to me, the his performance may not have been his best, but without him back there, they are so totally screwed. Yeah. That team just doesn't have he's the heart and soul of that defense. And he's what catalyzes uh that whole moving forward part and the aggression uh piece. And, yep. and those aspects really depend so heavily on him that I will always consider he's my default uh, name for the most important player on the Bruins. Take him off the team and it changes it more, changes them more 
substantially than re the removal of any other one individual. Uh, Swayman's had a hell of a season. You're absolutely right on Coyle, and I feel like he embodies the meaning of the seventh player award. He has performed above expectations. That's the modern definition. The original one was performs and above what one would normally expect. Uh, TV 38, uh, yep. Eddie Westfall. But, but yeah, Charlie Coyle's elevated, and they needed him to, and he did it. And, it, and he wound up becoming uh, a key component and not just a supporting plumber uh, for those forward lines, uh, especially, uh, you know, for, for Marchand and whoever else they, you know, whatever they do, whether they do a super line with, with pasta or, or whether they revert back to something with more balance. Um, uh, you know, we didn't know how Zaka was going to do. Uh, obviously, Patra has... His uh, it really should have been in the American League this year, but the rules wouldn't allow it. Um, so Coyle's emergence, I you know, I, I I applaud your recognition of him. Yeah, and uh, it was Pearson's pointers for me on Channel Thirty Eight for uh, my my generation of uh, <laughs> Channel Thirty Eight, <laughs> but I, I'm right there with you. Uh, and and you know, the one other thing I would I would say about Coyle too is like he's really stepped into a bigger leadership role. I think on this team too, as far as setting an example, as far as being there, win, lose, or draw after games, as far as, you know, making sure everybody's sort of eyes are on the prize and making sure that message of, I don't care what my numbers are and I don't care what I'm doing as long as the team is having success. And like, you know, he really believes in that. And you can, he and I think, Allison. I think he's an, I think Bergeron had a major impact on him playing with him and, and you know, Absolutely. a guy that he kind of idolized when he was younger and playing with him and seeing him day to day. And I think there's some very Bergeron-esque qualities to Charlie Coyle now having, you know, rubbed off on it's him. It's what he's first. always aspired to. And, and now it's great yeah. to see him um, really achieving that peak. And, and Trent Frederick uh, similarly uh, sees Charlie Coyle as his mentor. Yeah. Um, first half MVP, Mark, for you. Well, I got to go with Coyle as well. Uh, for all the reasons you guys have just uh, gone over. Um, but one thing that's stunning to me uh, in a way is at his age and with his how deep he is into his NHL career, to be able yep. to raise his game another level yep. is, it just doesn't happen. Uh, but he's doing it. And... Uh, you know, he's just been an indispensable player for them. Uh, and, you know, I go back to watching Charlie Coyle back to the South Shore Kings days when, you know, <laughs> him and uh, Chris Wagner were on the team. And, yep. you know, uh, to see his what he's turned into, you know, he's always been a good player, a really good player. But I mm -hmm. don't know, back then, at least, I didn't look at him and say, well, you know, he, he's going to be uh, – a number one center for the Boston Bruins down the road. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it just it didn't seem, it was inconceivable. Uh, but a legitimate not. successor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, kudos to him. He, he really deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, I agree. I don't think enough stuff can be written about how important he's been to to what the Bruins are doing right now. And I I, I love his attitude too. We asked him about, uh, is this the be your best NHL season? And he said, well, 
I could crap the bed in the second half and nobody's going to be talking about going down the stretch, which I think is the perfect mass hole response and is like absolutely like the Weymouth, Massachusetts in him uh, being real about the entire situation and keeping things in perspective. And I always love that about Charlie Coyle. Um, He's the uh, leader without the letter. Yes, exactly. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, putting some uh, football squares together with your friends, and placing some super bets at FanDuel Sportsbook. And I'm not even just talking about who's going to score the first touchdown, uh, who's going to win the game, who's going to be ahead at halftime, who's going to be a special guest at the halftime show. I'm also talking about player uh, non-player prop bets i'm talking about taylor swift prop bets uh, you know all the good stuff that we're going to see there that's making everybody happy uh so right now you can go to FanDuel sportsbook and they have so many ways for you to end the season with a w or two or three not only can you bet on who will win super bowl 58 but FanDuel sportsbook also has bets for which players will score a touchdown how many points will be scored and so much more including what is taylor swift doing at halftime all right, all you got to do is join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Now is a great time to get on board with the exclusive wagering partner of CLNS Network, FanDuel Sportsbook. If you haven't done it before, the app is easy to download and you can just go get going with the bets. Uh, with The NBA and the NHL are in full swing too, but like right now we know it's about the Super Bowl for the next two weeks with FanDuel Sportsbook. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston to start getting your bets going with FanDuel Sportsbook and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. That's 1-800-GAM-1234. Most uh, player most in need of improvement in the second half in your mind, Mark. Jeez, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys having good years. Well, Matt Grizzlick, you know, he yeah. was ha- hampered by an injury, obviously. I'd like to see him get back to his – but, you know, even since he's returned from his injury, he hasn't been the Grizz that we've known, uh, you know, through the years. I'd like to see him, you know, get back to that level and, uh, you know – shut up a lot of people who are uh you know i don't know that they're rooting against him but they, they he he can't make a mistake without uh without uh, a lot of complaints on uh on x that uh geez this guy you know what are we keeping him around for so i'm gonna yeah. go with grizz you know I, I i go with grizz too and and to be honest with you watching him play like i love grizz i've always liked him as a person like i've always admired that 
you know, he can play at the NHL level at the size he is, because uh, it's extremely difficult to do and to stay in one piece and to, you know, survive for as long as he has and, and thrive at times. And I, you know, I go back to like, I remember interviewing them in pro as prospects uh, before they were even in the NHL. And I did an interview uh, for NBC Sports Boston, where it was Grizz, McAvoy and Brandon Carlo when they were all still up and coming prospects. And I remember we sat Grizz right in the middle of McAvoy and Carlo and it looked like he was a little kid with two like grown adults, you know, with these two huge defensemen. And he was like in the middle, you know, like what, who doesn't belong in this picture kind of thing. <laughs> but, but like, you know, he's, he's always found a way to get it done. And like, he's always had a great skating ability, great ability to creatively break the puck out and ability to survive in his own end with technique and stick work and all these different things while not being the biggest guy, but watching him lately, um, I wonder if it's either a a confidence thing with him right now, or B he's just not skating as well as he did before for whatever reason. But I agree that I have not seen the normal Matt Grizzlick this year consistently. Uh, and maybe it's not because he's in a consistent role and he's getting moved around to a little bit and he's had some injury stuff. It's hard to tell, but I just think there's been more instances this year than ever before where uh, like either I don't notice him at all in a bad way uh, in games or I'm noticing him because of turnovers and, and bad plays and things right. like that. Yeah. So, and being, you know, just thrown around uh, near the net in the defensive zone. So I, I agree. I think like on a team that's 30, you know, 31, nine and nine, there aren't going to be too many things to, to quibble with and too many things to pick apart. Uh, and criticize. I might have said a month ago, Hampus Lindholm, but he's played so well. I think over the last month that he's like, you just, he's you just took those words out of my mouth. If you asked he, me a month ago, yeah. If he, if he, uh, I think he's ended that for me. Even though I, I need to see this for the the next few months from him going down the stretch. But I would probably go with Matt Grizzlick too. With Hampus Lindholm, the first three months I would say him, but the last month he's been very good. Well, we don't talk about Matt Patra because we don't factor him anymore. And if if we ever did, and I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth here, but to whatever extent I may have thought there was a chance that he was going to be a factor in this formula toward the end of the season, I stopped thinking that at a certain point. And, and so in that regard, it's a development year for him. I'm disappointed in what's going on with John Beecher. Uh, yeah. I don't, I feel like there was a point a couple months back where his game was looking mighty fine. He was really understanding how to use his rangy speed on the ice in opportunistic ways in order to make the fourth line more than a placeholder and don't lose us the game while you're out there. Guys need a breather. They were better than that, and they were making things happen and forcing penalties and and stopping icings and uh, canceling them with racing and, and and a lot of pressure forechecking and good stuff that was going on. I don't really and, know and, how it went wrong here. And one of the best faceoff yeah. guys on a team that struggled quite a bit in the faceoff circle. Too. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Good point. Piling on for me. Um, so so yeah. So that's. That's another one for me. I mean, I'm, you know, I hate talking about Grizzlick as much as I have because I, I really think he's a, a, a wonderful hockey player, but I feel like he, what's happened to him in a slightly weirder, different way than Tory Krug is 
salary escalate, you know, you progress in your career, you make more money, you get better, you get played in situations that are that are bad for you because you wind up against giants who can skate and you can't get out of their way in the playoffs and they hit to hurt. And that's what happens to guys like him. And so, you know, if I could keep him and as a third pairing guy uh, to supplement my puck moving game, um, you know, then, then that might be there, but right now he makes too much money for that. And that's why he's wearing this bullseye as his contract is winding down. So, so yeah, I mean, and, and it does look like that, Mark, you know, you, every, every little straw, you wonder, is this the one that breaks the camel's back? When are the Bruins finally going to do something here? And it, and it winds up making the guy look like he's a problem and he's not, he's just not going to be part of their future going forward. Um, unless there's catastrophic injury to Lindholm or something. And, you know, so you, it just doesn't make any sense that this, it's it's a succession plan and he's at the end of his with this hockey team as we've known it and i'll be pretty surprised if there's more grizzly after this season so uh yeah part of me is urgent part of me is anxious to see this situation play itself out and i think the issue becomes with grizzly in particular with all that you're talking about and i i agree with a lot of what you're saying is that I think he's a very popular guy in that dressing room. I think he's very well liked. I think all of his teammates like him. I think he's well respected. And I think that's the part that I think makes it difficult if the, you know, if there's kind of a, you know, a, an expiration date there, or if there's an expectation that at some point he's not going to be with the team anymore. Mm. Um, you know, I think that's a tough one. That that's going to be a kind of off topic, but I but I do wonder sometimes that this has haunted the Bruins that they have put too much value on the harmony of the room and not gotten the hockey widgets that they need when it when it matters most and say, well, you know, we all love each other. Well, okay, well, one round you did. You yeah, know, so. that and the, but that's an imperfect science, right? That, that that is like the magical formula that everybody's going after is chemistry versus like what you need on the ice and how that whole thing works. But I do know you're right. There's a there's a big time value on getting the right people, getting good people in that room, uh, perhaps even at the expense of, of skill level at some times. But um, Mark, uh, uh, Mick mentioned Beecher, and I think that's an interesting one. Um, I'd asked Jim Montgomery, this is going back a couple of weeks now, uh, just about the fourth line, the minutes that they were playing, how did he – kind of did he want to play the fourth line more to take some of the pressure off the other forwards as far as workload goes and ice time and all that, especially at this time of year. And he went into a really long answer where he was talking about players on that fourth line where the more that they play and when they hit a certain mark, like around 10 minutes, their play drops off and they had numbers to back it up and, and all that stuff. And it was funny at the time, I think people assumed it was Loco that he was referencing without saying the player's name. I think maybe it was Beecher and that's kind of part of the reason why he's down in Providence now, why Boquist is up with the team. And now you're seeing the fourth line playing 11, 12 minutes. Granted, they've mixed up the third and fourth lines, but you're seeing each of them play a little more and the top six minutes come down. And maybe that was a player they had identified as he needs to work on some things to, to you know, work up his endurance to get to the point where he can play 12, 13 minutes a night. 
Because when you look on it on its face, some of the things he was doing, killing penalties, winning faceoffs at the NHL level, was good enough. But maybe there were certain things that you know weren't as obvious to to people when they were watching him play. Well, I think it was Lauko and Beecher uh, in terms of, of the more they play, the less effective they are. I, I know uh, that's been, I believe that's been talked about uh, with Lauko for you know going back to last year. Uh, yeah. That, the more he plays, he extends his shift sometimes, and you know that's when he takes a stick penalty, or that's when he takes a penalty that you don't want to see him take, like in the offensive zone. But yep. as far as Beecher goes, you know I just think that uh, winning faceoffs and and you know zooming up and down the ice as, as he's capable of doing is all well and good, but they want I believe they want more. I think they want. Uh, I think they want his engine to run hotter. There's times when you know stuff happens, and and you know he's not doing anything. He he's uh, he goes. I think it was. You know, I'd have to check this, but I think in three of the last four games that he played for Boston, he didn't have a single shot on goal. Yeah. Now they're not looking to him to score, uh, but. You know, uh, you gotta be uh, you gotta be more than uh, than a guy. Gotta be more impactful. Yeah. So I and I think you know they're looking they're not looking for him to fight per se, but you know to uh, to play shift in and shift out as if you know what I really want to be here. I want to be here, and nobody is going to knock me out of this position. And what happened is Boquist came up and uh, knocked him out. You know, his Boquist was not, didn't have a good camp, obviously, no. <laughs> beginning of the season in Providence. Was but, very nondescript, I think, for yes. the camp and the first half of the year. Yep. <laughs> well, here's a guy with, I don't know, 200 NHL games under his belt, mm. can do a lot of things in a bottom six role. And I, I you know, when he got up there again, he started doing those things. And, mm. uh, it kind of put a spotlight on the things that Beecher wasn't doing. So he's in Providence. We'll see. You know, he's going to have to, uh, he's going to have to fight through this and, and, you know, maybe get that engine running a little, revving a little higher and, uh, and go from there. This really and, reminds me of the Bruins teams of the that made the Stanley cup final in 87, 88 and 89, 90, each of them, they were those two teams went through dramatic personnel changes between those two years, but in those three seasons. But what it just seems like there's like about 20, 25 forwards on this team that we might see when it's all said and done. And you have like two third lines, two fourth lines. And if you started to say, okay, give me your lineup for the 88 final against Edmonton or something. And you'd be leaving off seven players, no matter what names you put in. Uh, and this seems like it's going to be one of those teams. <laughs> What's that? Don't forget Mo LeMay. Yeah, that's right. That's a perfect example. People remember Mo LeMay. But, uh, boy, how many games did Byers and Johnston play? You know, how many games did did uh, Billy O'Dwyer play in 88? Um, you know, or John Bison, 90. You know, it's it's just, it's just a long list of guys. And... And, and this is uh, the most competitive I've ever seen since then, uh, the Bruins at the bottom of their forward lineup. That's a lot of uh, 
a lot of performance uh, hurdles there. Um, and maybe that's just the nature of the beast this year that they get they part of them loading up with these contracts and, and, and putting them in front of the Providence players. One of the things I asked uh, Ryan Mujanel last week was uh, if you do you think that this is good for the players that Don Sweeney always does this? He always signs guys on short term and money journeymen and places them in front of prospects like it's an essential piece of their development is to hurdle over somebody. It's kind of like you get a sophomore point guard in your high school basketball team that you coach, and you want him to be your starter and drive the team at the end of the season, but you got to put some, a senior in his face first. You got to give him something he's got to hurdle over. And and he said, I'm not really sure that's what he's doing, but I like it. <laughs> so. Well, making making young players earn it is uh, I, I not just young players, but that that feels to me that's an essential part of what the Bruins are. What they have yep. is making guys earn it. Nobody's mm. handed anything. Uh, you know, you got you got to earn your keep, and you know, I think a lot of that is that's kind of what's going on with Beecher. I feel like that they want him to. You know, yeah, he made it up for a while, but, you know, as they say, uh, staying in the NHL is harder than getting to the NHL. So he's going to have to deliver uh, on that front now. No doubt. And and I do think also just uh, from a second half of the year playoff perspective, like the fourth line center spot is a really tough role, job, niche on a team, whatever you want to call it, for a rookie, young guy to really excel in because of some of the nuances of that position, as far as responsibility, as far as some of the details and things you have to do well under high pressure uh, as the games get closer uh, and more intense in the second half and the playoffs too. And, and, you you know, you wonder if there a veteran like Boquist would end up being more well-equipped for something like that, that kind of a job uh, with everything on the line rather than a guy going through all that stuff for the first time. And that'll be something interesting to watch uh, going down the stretch. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mark, while we have you here, uh, you know more about the Providence Bruins than anybody. You are with that team all the time and watch them. Um, just any anything um, of note lately, uh, you know, some of the usual suspects, what you've seen out of them and, uh, you know, wh- where those uh, the prospects are in their development uh, track this year. Well, uh, Fabian Lysel's play recently is, is definitely worth noting. Uh, 
you know, I've uh, I've questioned him in the past. I that's uh, that's no no secret. Yeah. Uh, but I think that he's starting to turn the corner, uh, at least in my eyes, and I I think the coaching staff feels the same way. Um, he's been uh, he's been good ever since that. You know, when uh, Ryan Mujanels kind of questioned uh, his development and where he was at and his buy-in, uh, yep. ever since then, he's been he's been pretty good. There's been games when he's been really good. Uh, there's no more individual play at, at the expense of, uh, you know, playing within the team concept. He's not doing the one-on-four zone entries anymore. Uh and I think his effort is uh, is better. He, he's working harder in practice. Uh, he was not a real uh, hardworking practice guy, uh, you know, previous to to the last couple of months. Um, but his effort level, I you know, I talked to a, an NHL scout the other day at the game who said, I I notice an, a better effort from from uh, from Lysel right now than he had earlier in the season. So. That's that's good. That's pointing in the right direction. Uh, so you know, his uh, maybe this is a good time to trade him. You know, they they don't have assets. You know, let's face it, they've uh, they don't have a lot of of uh, chips to uh, to put on the table. So you know, this might be his better his increased uh, or his uh, improved play recently. It might be. Uh, might be a time to uh to put him out there and see you know could, could he be could he be a guy that gets you something in return that's going to make your team better not just this year but down the road too yep. so i think that's uh that's something to to note uh i think Merkloff is uh you know since coming back down from uh from from boston he's scoring again he he's playing hard uh Anthony Richard has been really good. Uh, you know, he's not a guy that gets a, a lot of love uh, when, you know, and he's not a prospect. Let's face it. He's a, he's a depth guy, but uh, yep. he, he, he's as fast as they come in the American league. You know, he, you could call him up for a couple of games and get uh, a lot of speed on the fourth line out of him. Uh, Mason Lowry had three assists the other day, uh, had a game winning goal on a nice play in overtime the day after he got sent down. Uh, I wouldn't say he's been dominating, uh, but he's been good. He's been good. His game is he, getting he's better. He's actually a great conversation, Lowry, because I, I Bob Beers was really concerned on uh, 98.5's hockey show on re repeated situations. He would reiterate this, that he thinks that Lowry would have been much better off just playing the whole season in the American League. Now, when they had injuries, they had to recall him. And he, but the one thing he didn't want to see is see the guy yo-yoed. Now, Lowry seems mentally to have handled that part of the up and down really well. Do you agree with that, Mark? Yeah. Yes, he has. Uh, he definitely has. He he shows up every day with a smile and ready ready to go to work. Um, so I guess but, my know, with... concern. So I guess my concern is, does he is it does he potentially going to be hurt by the discontinuity? of his rookie pro season 
his full pro rookie pro season of not being able to grow his game in one place and work on the things that now granted there's a lot of communication there i'm sure don sweeney and evan gold are, are talking all the time about this kid uh and, and with with Mujanel. and but you're here you're it's a different play, pace of play in the nhl it's a different kind of situation it's a different role you go down there it's a di- you know and so uh is is it going to make his i'm a little worried that he's going to become colin miller instead of uh you know i'm trying to think of a, a higher end example of what he could become in the nhl because a player who has all the parts all the skills but they never really come together into a really good defenseman uh, that's what I worry about with him. If things stay choppy, uh, even though he's got such a great outlook, the kid. Well, I, uh, I think he's going to be fine. Um, I think, uh, you know, when you look at a, a guy right out of college in the NHL in the first half of his first pro season, uh, he's got nothing to complain about, you know? And when he got called up, it wasn't because he was knocking the knocking the the ball out of the park in Providence, it was because right. somebody got hurt. Right. So in terms of earning it, I think uh, earning it and, and, you know, refining your game. So make your mistakes in the American League, not in the National League, where it, co- it can cost you points in the standings and also can bring <laughs> the wrath of, uh, of the fan base down on him. Although I think there's, you know, overwhelming support from him among the fans it seems to me but yep to me better to make your mistakes in the american league and and refine your game and then go up and uh and not come back down you know that's that's the goal here is to get him up there mm-hmm. and never see him again in providence uh so right. Boy, you know, yeah. if he keeps uh he's on a good path right now uh and I, you know, hopefully that continues. There's, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. I think he's the kind of kid that can not be too too bothered by the up and down to this point. But, yeah, and and I think uh, I'd be more concerned about uh, Mick's uh, what Mick is voicing there if he was when he was up at the NHL level sitting for like two weeks and not playing, or you know they, that kind of thing was going on where he wasn't actually playing and developing. If he's up well, here. Not to- not and to compare uh, Jakob Zaboral to uh, to Mason Walry, but right. he, uh, Z sat for I don't know yes. <laughs> weeks, months yes. even I don't know, and mm. you know not the same player, not the same uh, you know mental mentally not the same player, but yep. that's an example of what can a, a worst case example of what can happen when a guy sits and sits and sits. Yeah, he he made a mistake in a game in Florida last year, right before Thanksgiving, and he didn't play again for about three and a half months, I think. After that, yeah. it was he was in the doghouse for quite some time, and that doesn't that really doesn't do any player any good when when you're in a situation like that. It, but for a young player, I think that's the worst case, and that's when it really starts to hamper their development. Uh, Twitter uh, of the question of the week. This is more like a sort of Twitter statement of the week uh, from JPA 85 or JP eight spoke B uh, hockey East tournament is going to be good this year. Uh, if it's anything like what we saw last weekend between BC and BU, it's going to be phenomenal. It's, uh, I think they're playing each other in the opening round of the bean pot, which is unfortunate. Uh, you'd love to have seen that matchup in the, uh, the finals, but uh, I Finn skated during the second intermission with his Newton boys 
uh, Chestnut Hill on Friday night. So I was there with them to watch that game. Uh, 10,000 fans, like uh, there was a couple of parents that couldn't go. And I think the tickets were going for a couple hundred bucks, uh, like being scalped or a secondary market. Like um, for both of you guys, just how awesome was it to see uh, a B first of all, BUBC back to where it's been at its, you know, best place, you know, back both teams are where they should be in college hockey. That's right. Mick's got his bean pot hat. And, uh, and just to see that atmosphere, uh, especially on Friday night at Boston college, it was electric. And like for Finn and his sports players and a lot of the young players that were there in that crowd, they like, I think I'll want to play college hockey now after seeing that it's, it was pretty neat. Yeah, I went to Saturday night's game at BU, and it was just a fantastic hockey game, a fantastic show, everything you want to see or hope to see in a in a college hockey game on a Saturday night. Uh, it was just outstanding. Uh, and, you know, I've seen both teams numerous times this year, uh, knowing that, you know, some of these guys aren't going to be back. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be yep. moving on after this year. So see them while you can. Uh, but just the, you know, I came away from Saturday night thinking, wow, is BC going to be tough to beat? They are, uh, yeah, B, BU's tremendous, but BC with that, uh, uh, that line of first round draft picks, all of them like 18 years old, it's unbelievable how good they are. Yep. If you, if you give them a chance, the puck's in the net, it's, it's, you know, when they break in on a two on one or a three on two, it's uh, it's mm. uh, magic's going to happen. Uh, BU obviously has Celebrini, an elite player, and Lane Hudson as well. Uh, but man, BC is so impressive. Both and of those guys, too. like Cutter Gauthier, is a pretty dominant player, yes. college hockey wise, yep. too. You're watching him play, he looks like a guy when you're watching him play now that should be in the pros instead of playing in hockey East this year, for sure. Joe, you yeah. might not have gotten your final because uh, BU went to Northeastern and lost last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they so, did. And, uh, you know, there's uh, the, uh, the grumbling in the BU fan base over the call, the too many men call in overtime, just, uh, you know, just a terrible call. I mean, Hey, I, I, I bang on the referees enough, so I'm not gonna go all out here. <laughs> I'm not gonna go all out here, but boy, that was a terrible call. I'm all about closing the show by bashing the refs, Mark. Thank you very much for uh, for throwing that out there. Oh, hey, quick quick note: yeah. uh, Andre Gasso uh, and and Oscar Yelvik, uh, yep. uh, Bruins prospects who played uh, for BC in these games. Yep um gasso needs to work a lot on his sledding i mean skating but he's he's uh, got a lot of morgan geeky in his game and and uh, it would be fun to see if if his skating can come along to a point he'd be one heck of a seventh round pick um Yelvik is much more polished player and obviously yeah. drafted earlier and he uh, does run their second unit power play but but uh, that's that was fun watching to see what the Bruins have there, even though they're not the guys who get in the fanfare that some of the other ones are. No, most definitely. And Jelvik was a guy. Jelvik was a guy that I noticed big time at development camp uh, last summer when he was here at Bruins development camp. Oh, and one he, final one final note on BC. <laughs> yes, I'm Mick. having my I'm having my my future nightmares already of Fowler in the Montreal net. 
There you go. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a good point. He was he was excellent in both of those games. Uh, all right. Um, thank you very much, Mick and Mark. Let's thank our sponsors real quick. Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. It is Super Bowl time right now. So uh, if you're like me, you're going to be watching the Super Bowl. You're going to be paying attention to all the hype, to Radio Row, to uh, the Taylor Swift cam that I'm sure is going to be going on during the game. Um, right now, uh, FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Um so what you can do right now is new customers joining today, FanDuel Sportsbook, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and sign up with the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS network, FanDuel Sportsbook. And then let's also thank Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Um, ready in two minutes, chef-approved, uh, calorie-conscious meals. They're delicious. Uh, all you got to do is go to factormeals.com slash hags50 and you get 50% off of your first box. Mick, Mark, thank you very much for joining me. It is always much appreciated. Uh, you can go on with your days now. Uh, the hockey talk is over. Uh, and thank you, everybody, no, much. <laughs> right. It never ends. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We'll see you at the ring.